today on Understanding Immigration, the Illegal Alien Population. In terms of national security, an, an intelligence agency in El Salvador had confirmed the presence of criminal aliens in, in these migrant caravans. And the representative had mentioned how many of these criminals would disguise themselves as law-abiding migrants just trying to make their way north. Here, in fact, it's likely that their fiscal impact is going to go up because they're suddenly going to be eligible for a lot of different welfare programs. We've estimated that to be an additional 20 plus million immigrants. They're going to come to our border and try to come in illegally to get these benefits. Coming to you from Washington, D.C., you are now listening to FAIR's Understanding Immigration Podcast. All right. Welcome back to another episode of FAIR's Understanding Immigration Podcast. This is Spencer Rayleigh, FAIR's Director of Research, and today we have a little bit of a different episode for you. Matthew Tregesser and Preston Hennikins are taking some well-deserved time off for the holidays, so in their place, joining me today are Madison McQueen and Jason Pena, both from my research team. Almost every year, FAIR releases an updated estimate of the total illegal alien population that currently resides in the United States. And we're actually in the process of finalizing and releasing our 2020 update to this study. So in today's episode, we want to take you behind the scenes and give you a more in-depth look at the illegal alien population in the United States, both today and in the past, and just a little bit of a view of what that might look like in the future, especially under the incoming presidential administration. So let's go ahead and jump right into this. Uh, Jason, we're going to start with you. How many illegal aliens are in the United States today as of our latest update that should be released in the next week or two? And how does that compare to 2019 and the years before that? For sure, Spencer. Uh, thanks for having us. So the FAIR 2020 uh, estimate of the illegal alien population is at 14.5 million. Now, compared to 2019, which was set at 14.3 million, the United States witnessed a 200,000 increase of illegal aliens uh, residing in the United States. So one of the reasons why it grew slower uh, as opposed to other years is the coronavirus uh, that, that that occurred earlier on, earlier on in the year. Under the, under the Trump administration, we saw that President Trump had closed non-essential travel with Mexico and Canada. So that curtailed some of the visa entries, uh, illegal illegal border crossing entries from coming into the United States. Uh, moreover, we saw that with with migrants seeking asylum or trying to file in a claim, we had the MPP or otherwise known as Remain in Mexico protocols that were occurring. So thanks to, thanks to that arrangement, along with the uh, safe third country agreements with the Northern Triangle, we were able to experience less uh, economic migrants coming in here for for financial gain and subsequently disappearing into the interior if they were to file an asylum claim. So when we look at the adult illegal alien population through all 50 states, it accumulates to 14 million total, as I said earlier. But with when it comes to the U.S.-born children of illegal aliens, it is uh, 19.4 million. Now, when we have the illegal alien adult population in of itself, that's problematic, but when we have when we introduce the their U.S. born children, that 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 exacerbates the problem because now these children are eligible for uh, welfare programs such as SNAP, like all the rest of it. Yeah, that's a really good point, Jason. You know, a lot of times we look at our 
illegal alien estimates. You know, for FAIR, we actually, when we look at our cost estimates, we include the U.S.-born children of illegal aliens as well because their costs are a direct result of their families, their parents coming to the United States illegally. So we include those costs here. We don't always, we don't include them as illegal aliens in our population estimates. So I think it's very important you bring that up, that there are closer to 19, 19 and a half million illegal aliens and their U.S. born children in the United States with that. Maybe break down a little bit just, uh, you know, how the how illegal aliens come to be in the United States. You know, that's something that I think we often overlook. Uh, some people may just have this picture of everyone coming across the border, the southern border, in order to get to the United States. But, you know, you've also got the issue of visa overstays, you know, people coming across the northern border, uh, issues like that, over, you know, um, violating the terms of their visa and then not, you know, leaving as ordered. So maybe try to break some of that population down just a little bit for us. Definitely. You know, as you said, when people think of illegal immigration, people think of an illegal border crosser. Not many people know that, you know, 60% of the illegal alien population is due to visa overstays, while the remaining 40 are because of somebody who snuck into our country illegally, whether through the southern or northern border, which causes the large levels of the illegal alien population to grow. You know, thanks to the Trump administration uh, putting travel restrictions on for people for foreign nationals coming to the country that's helped slow down uh the illegal alien population from expanding yeah and i think that's a really good point and something you touched on that i want to just draw on a little bit further is the impact that covid 19 has had on the illegal alien population growing at a slower than expected rate this past year uh, you know for the last number of years you had seen the illegal alien population according to fair anyway growing at a pretty significant rate. Uh, you know, for example, in, in 2010, you saw there were approximately 11, 11.2 million illegal aliens in the United States. And by 2016, that number had bloomed to over 12 and a half million. By 2019, last year, we saw it at 14.3. And by our estimates, it's only grown, I mean, only as a relative term, it's still a large population. It's, it's grown by approximately 200,000 in the last year. And a big reason for that is COVID-19 travel restrictions and, of course, economic issues. And part of that is with fewer migrants being allowed to come to the United States. And you touched a little bit on the uh, the travel bans that were actually expanded to include, you know, most foreign countries. You've seen fewer migrants coming to the United States on visa. And since fewer are coming in on a visa, they have... They don't have that opportunity to then overstay that visa. And of course, a lot of the lower income uh, job opportunities that illegal aliens often flock to have, you know, been hard, the hardest hit by the COVID-19 pandemic. So there are fewer opportunities available there. So fewer illegal aliens are trying to come into the United States and work those jobs. And because of that, you see a lower than, um, <clears throat> you know, just a, a lower than, average number coming in the United States just the last and over the last year. Of course, that doesn't mean just because, you know, the the impact has only grown by a little bit that it's still not having a severe impact of Americans, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic. So I want to I want to send it over to you, Madison, and just tell us a little bit about, you know, the fiscal and the social impact that the illegal immigration population is having on America right now. 
Well, we estimate that illegal aliens are costing U.S. taxpayers about a net fiscal impact of at least $133.7 billion annually. And that's an increase of about $2 billion just within the last year, which is huge, considering that we did have a decrease this year or a slower rise for illegal immigration than what we previously expected. Um, Now, that's including both federal costs and state and local costs. Um, And so it's pretty self-evident that illegal aliens are a net drain on the economy, regardless of how much money they pay in taxes, because that's often the argument of, oh, well, illegal aliens pay taxes, they're contributing, but the U.S. only recoups about 14% of the amount that we're expending on illegal aliens annually. Um, Now, federal, state, and local governments are not collecting enough taxes to cover the costs of the services that this massive illegal alien population is consuming. Um, Now, this affects different states um, based on population size, but no matter how big of the population that illegal aliens are in that state, it still has a massive impact. For example, in California, they have the largest share of illegal aliens with over 3 million in their state. Um, If we were to take into account illegal aliens and their U.S.-born children, that number becomes about 4 million people who are adding to this net cost on taxpayers for the services ranging from education and medical costs to welfare um, and other state and local expenditures. So the average cost to California taxpayers is about $8,707 per illegal alien per year. That's a huge amount of money. Um, and then, so we looked at a big state, but if you took take into some of these states who don't have huge numbers of illegal aliens, um, it still largely affects them. The 10 states with smallest immigrant populations are New Hampshire, Mississippi, Alaska, Maine, North Dakota, West Virginia, South Dakota, Vermont, Monta- Montana, and Wyoming. And between those 10 states, there's about 415,000 foreign-born people. Um, And about 21% or 88,000 people um, of that total are unlawfully present in the United States. And while that's a lot lower than what we see in California, there's still $454 million that these states are paying annually um, because of legal immigration in their state. And in addition, I mean, each illegal alien is consuming about $4,500 to $6,000 in services that aren't covered by tax payments. So that money is having to come out of other social programs that people like veterans and disabled Americans are depending on. And not only that, but many of these states, there's already economic depression. And so Americans are competing for these jobs with adult immigrants who often have very limited English proficiency and often are lower skilled, but there's still higher competition. And so this is extremely evident when we look at falling wages in agriculture business. Um, farmers have become increasingly dependent on cheap foreign labor through the H-2A visas and also illegal aliens who are willing to work longer days for less money. And as a result, wages in that field have dropped by 20%. That's a huge amount for really rough labor. And the same amount goes for other industries as well. We're seeing this with STEM, that these large companies and corporations would rather turn to foreign-born labor through H-1B visas instead of investing in qualified local workers. You may say, I want to just jump, I just want to jump in there for a brief second, just highlight that point. You're looking at wages falling by a significant amount in these industries. And I just, you know, imagine if, you know, whether you came into work tomorrow or over the next six months or whatever, your, or even over the next few years, your wage fell 20%. You know, if someone was earning even if you say you had a really healthy salary of $100,000, you know, that, that'd be, that'd be a $20,000 decrease. You mm-hmm. know, you'd, 
you're making fifty thousand. That's ten thousand. That's that's a lot of money, and it's easy, I think, sometimes to get lost in some of the broad statistics with this. You know, we work, we all three of us work in uh, in in statistics here here at Fair. So, but it's just it's just mind boggling when you try to just you know sit down and put it in perspective. You know, the the massive impact is having even on a state when you know you look at California and they're millions of illegal aliens in that state. Then you look at a state like Montana that just might have between five and 8,000 illegal aliens. You think, oh, well, it's, it's not nearly as big of an issue there. But of course, the scale is a lot smaller. And the biggest industries in states like Montana end up being, you know, things like agriculture, foresty, things, forestry, things like that, where, you know, these illegal aliens are really trying to you know, take advantage of that. You know, they're willing to work for far less. They pretty much have to be willing to work for far less. And what that ends up doing is it depresses the wages for the other people who live in that state and rely on those industries. So sorry, I just want to jump in there and highlight that. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah. So definitely, I mean, there there's huge competition. And what does that say about the businesses who are doing this? Yeah. Um, that they would rather pay less money and to you know, disadvantage everyone but themselves just for a higher profit margin. I mean, it's it's not it's not good. Like we would be upset if that happened to us. So why are we allowing this to happen to other people? And even then, I mean, they're making more money than they would in their home countries, but it's still less than an American would make. Mm-hmm. And of course, you have to you have to you know understand that when you come to the United States, there it might be more than they're making their home countries, but there are higher costs in some aspect of living in the United States as well. So they're still very happy to come to the United States and take those jobs because it's it's far more than what they're making in their home country. But at the same time, it continues to depress the wages. And, and we're not mm-hmm. going to get into it in this podcast, but this is also rampant in some of the lawful immigration areas, such as you know, your H-1B visa workers, where workers are often tied to one employer. They don't have the opportunity to compete in the market. So if that employer wants to underpay them, they don't have much of a choice but to accept it. So it's it's really uh, it's really an issue across the board, but we see it especially in the illegal immigration issue here because you're talking about people who aren't supposed to be in the United States in the first place. So again, they can't just jump into the economy and compete at the level that most Americans would, and they're more than happy to take a lower wage because one, it's still more than what they made in their home country, but that impact, then of course. Uh, drags down wages for those that are either born here in the United States or even more importantly, those who came here the right way, hoping to receive a fair market wage in the United States and chase that American dream. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Well, switching gears here a little bit, talking about the social impact of illegal immigration. Um, If we break down the demographics of illegal aliens entering the U.S., it paints a very different picture than that of what open borders advocates are trying to paint of this family who just wants a better life. And while, yes, that might be the case for some, it's a much smaller population than they would like us to believe. Talking about crime, so illegal aliens uh, are four times more likely to commit crimes than U.S. citizens and three times more likely to be incarcerated than lawfully present migrants. Um, So that's a huge impact, again, going back to the fiscal cost on our judicial system, on the prison systems, on police, all of these other systems that are being affected that then are not getting the tax revenue to then support the added efforts that are having to go into uh, protecting and enforcing laws. In fiscal year 2019, more than 86% of all ICE arrests had prior criminal convictions. 
These criminal convictions range from assault and battery to domestic violence to sex offenses, theft, and murder. That's pretty large. And, you know, we, the separate issue of sanctuary jurisdictions and what the effects that that has on our communities because they are released and not turned over to ICE. Um, so looking at how many more slipped through the cracks that got released and haven't been able to be arrested by ICE and then deported. And also, you know, 82.9% of those arrests additionally already had re-entered after being deported once. So you're looking again, here's more costs that are going into having to enforce. And this is while we've had a president who wants to enforce immigration. I can only imagine what it's going to look like when we have an administration that's anti-immigration enforcement. You know, what are these costs going to ensue um, and how will that affect not only, you know, fiscal impact federally and state and locally, um, but our police and our education systems? How is this going to affect us when we continue to get laxer on our enforcement levels. Yeah, those are really good points. And it really just, in my mind anyway, highlights how this goes far beyond the narrative that you often see portrayed in the media, which is that these are people who are simply looking for a better life. And again, that that does make up a large portion of illegal aliens. But there is a massive impact that goes beyond just, you know, their only crime is that they crossed in the United States illegally, which, as we've seen, is not accurate in the slightest. Uh, there are a wide array of people that are trying to enter the United States. You know, first of all, you've got gang members. You know, we've, we've recently touched on that in another podcast in this series and the significant impact that that has on the United States. You've also got, um, you know, other other criminal actors who are coming in the United States trying to whether it's smuggling drugs or smuggling humans or, you know, any, any other issue like that coming into the United States as well. And, you know, what we have found in our research is also that when someone is willing to look at a law that a country has, you know, here in the United States regarding immigration and say, oh, well, it's, it's all right if I break that, they're going to be just as likely to break other laws as well if they feel like they don't like them or that they're not just or this isn't like a law I had in my home country. And we see that reflective in the statistics that we publish about, you know, the likelihood of illegal aliens being incarcerated or committing a crime. And, you know, what that really comes down to, because we don't see in, in just to highlight, we don't see that translating to lawful migrants. We don't see that translating necessarily to people who come from a particular country because a lot of our detractors like to say, oh, you only highlight those issues because you're racist and because you hate immigrants. Well, that's not true. That's not true in the slightest and it never has been. You know, the truth of the matter is we found that people who are willing to break the law on small things, whether they're U.S. citizens, whether they were born here, no matter what race or creed they are, they're going to be more likely to do that in more serious issues as well if they feel like they're put into that situation. And again, we have not seen that to be true for those that follow the law when they come to the United States. Um, so that those are very important points to, to detail about the illegal alien population in the United States. And you, know, you can expect that to grow proportionally if we if the incoming administration indeed does not prioritize allowing law enforcement to enforce our immigration laws. Now, one of the, just shifting gears here a little bit, one of the most common questions we get when we release a new uh, 
illegal alien population estimate is simply how do you come to this figure? Because every organization has their own figure, it seems like, a different figure. FAIR tends to kind of fall somewhere in the middle. Uh, there are some organizations that have estimated the illegal alien population to be as high as 20 million. There's some that think it's under 10 million. So we come to this figure using a similar base to other organizations, which is we look at census data, especially from the American Community Survey, and we look at the questions that are asked in that survey to determine how many lawful migrants are in the United States versus how many people identify themselves as foreign-born. And so when you subtract the lawful migrants from the foreign-born, you get this base number of how many, you know, that gives you an idea of how many people might be in the United States illegally. Of course, there's an issue with that because illegal aliens have a very vested interest in not telling agents of the federal government, hey, I'm in the country illegally, or even giving them a hint to it by saying that you're foreign born. Most just won't even, you know, many anyway, won't even respond to census data. And of course, they've census officials try to make up for that uh, by, you know, contacting via, them via other means or having some online submission forms, but they don't get, that doesn't, that doesn't come to fruition either. And this is where you see a lot of organizations that have mass immigration leanings or biases will try to say, oh, well, this is what the Census Bureau says, so, you know, or suggests. They don't They don't try to take a position on that. This is what they suggest, their data suggests, so we're just going to assume that number is accurate, that the illegal alien population is 9 million or 10 million or something like that. In the past, before the immigration issue became such a hot-button topic, and, and, you know, believe it or not, once upon a time, it was a little more bipartisan. Most of these organizations agreed that that was approximately uh, 20 to 30 percent and some as high as 40 percent undercount. And so FAIR still follows these historical assumptions in creating our calculation. And that uh, that brings our, our figure up when you look at that. And then if you look at some of the differences between inflow and outflow, in other words, how many people that Border Patrol believes slips through the cracks, you know, evades their efforts and makes it successfully in the United States, or how many people the federal government believes overstays their visa in any given year, compared against the number of apprehensions and deportations by Border Patrol and uh, ICE, you get the next part of your figure, which that difference would be how many new illegal aliens you've had come into the United States in recent years. And of course, you also have to look at issues such as those who left voluntarily or left the country, you know, just to go back to their country of origin to, or to another country to pursue another opportunity. So when we take all that together, we come out with our estimate, which is roughly, you know, 14 and a half million illegal aliens as of 2020, the end of 2020. Um, this is not a perfect science. And I think it's important to really note that. You know, anyone who tries to tell you, you know, we know the number is X, you can just dismiss that because there is no federal government database of illegal immigration. You know, the government only loosely tracks how many lawful migrants are in the United States. We don't even have a firm, uh, you know, a firm figure on how many immigrants are in the United States right now, which is a big problem that could be solved by, you know, a number of, uh, you know, a number of things such as implementing biometric entry exit. But again, that's a different that's a different topic for a different podcast. So if you asked me to put my money on our figure being too high or too low, I would bet that we are very close. But we do intentionally 
err on the conservative side with some of our figures, you know, to avoid as much speculation as possible. So the argument could very well be made that the actual figure is a little higher than what we estimate. Uh, I can't think of any situation where it would actually be lower. Um, however, you know, this this could change a lot. We've got a new presidential administration coming in. Uh, and, you know, as, as Jason had mentioned, you know, thanks to the efforts by the Trump administration, of course, uh, the uh, impacts of COVID-19, the illegal alien population actually grew less than we expected this past year. But now you've got a COVID-19 vaccine on the horizon. Uh, it's reason and it's reasonable to assume that, you know, this trend will reverse uh, due to that and due to the fact that President-elect Biden has promised to undo everything that President Trump has done to combat the growth of illegal immigration in this country. But this is going to be interesting because he's also promised to grant amnesty to most, if not all, illegal aliens in this country, including many of those who have criminal convictions. And if this happens, of course, the illegal alien population will decrease since those illegal aliens will have legal status. But that doesn't and just because you give millions of people stats in the United States, it doesn't stem the impact that they have on this country. It's not going to make the crime rate necessarily among illegal aliens go down suddenly. It's not going to make their fiscal impact completely disappear. In fact, it's likely that their fiscal impact is going to go up because they're suddenly going to be eligible for a lot of different government uh, programs, a lot of different welfare programs and that sort of thing. But I highly doubt you're going to have an employer go, oh, hey, you got legal status now, so I'm going to give you a 20 or 30% pay raise. So uh, many, of these, uh, many of these migrants are going to be making the same amount of money, but their costs are going to go up. So it's actually going to hit the pocketbooks of Americans even harder. So I wanted to see what both of y'all thought of this. So looking into the future and into the past, you know, especially considering what considering a promise of amnesty by the Biden administration coupled with a, you know, hopefully the COVID-19 situation improving in the near future. What is the future of illegal immigration in the United States? And how can we look at the past to give us a clue about how this trend might be in the future? Well, like we saw with the Reagan amnesty in 1986, a promise of amnesty always brings a massive wave of illegal aliens to the border. In fact, 1980s set many records as a top immigration decade at that point in time. And even though a lot of these times there's sanctions placed on these amnesties, those sanctions are rarely enforced. So you have a promise of quote unquote citizenship or a path to citizenship and no enforcement of the sanctions or of the requirements that come along with that. And so we can expect not only, you know, while yes, the no number of illegal aliens technically will decrease, uh, we can see a huge wave of illegal immigrants coming to our border with hopes of another amnesty in the future. And so I think in our past studies, we've estimated that to be an additional 20 plus million immigrants. They're going to come to our border and try to come in illegally to get these benefits, especially if the Biden administration, like they've already kind of hinted at, they want an open border situation um, and being a little, you know, leaning towards the side of anti-immigration enforcement. Um, I just see this skyrocketing even higher to what we've estimated in the past. Um, and that's not even including the immigrants that are going to come through visas and all of these extended programs that his administration has proposed. 
No, absolutely, Madison. Um, one thing that the Biden administration has alluded to, as uh, you and Spencer have mentioned earlier in the podcast, is dismantling the uh, safe third country agreements with the Northern Triangle countries of El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, um, and as well as the remaining Mexico protocols. You know, we're already seeing a, a rising border surge, um, and you know. President-elect Biden hasn't t- hasn't occupied the White House yet. We can only imagine how that'll be once he's he's in their full throttle, you know, taking the reins of uh, immigration force, which he has indicated that he's going to uh, downgrade, you know, which is a disappointment for, uh, you know, for blue collar Americans. You know, one thing that we saw with the Mississippi raids last summer was that many of the illegal aliens that were, uh, you know, arrested and subsequently deported was it opened up uh, many jobs for the for the local population there many didn't have a high school uh, education or you know a basic skill set to do those jobs and you know they results it benefited them now that even work site enforcement is going to be over i mean it's definitely going to impact those uh, blue collar americans who are looking for jobs as we're you know coming back from this strained labor market uh moreover you know I predict that we'd see a lot more uh, migrant caravans coming in from Central America. Um, last year, actually, in, in terms of national security, an, an intelligence agency in El Salvador had confirmed the presence of criminal aliens in, in these migrant caravans. And the representative had mentioned how many of these criminals would disguise themselves as law-abiding migrants just trying to make their way north, when in reality, many of them had rap sheets ranging from, you know, homicide, terrorism, kidnapping, you name it, they had it. Many of them were MS-13 and 18th Street uh, gang members. So that's something to be on the lookout for is in making sure we don't have national security threats or criminals entering our borders uh, in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. Those are both very good points. Uh, you know, just I pulled up the uh, just some of the past illegal alien figures in the United States. You know, the Reagan amnesty took place there in the you know, the later 80s. And around that time, the illegal alien population was estimated to be about 3 million, uh, you know, after that amnesty. And just over the next decade, you saw that grow from 3 million to 9 million. And then by the mid 2000s, up to over 12 million. Now, we estimate that figure to be over 14 million. And so, like you mentioned, Madison, that spurred a massive wave of future illegal immigration. So those fiscal and social issues, like Jason touched on, still existed, even though they were granted amnesty. But then you had a whole new wave of illegal immigration, you know, making its way to the United States because they heard that amnesty was being given out. And if it happened once, it's going to happen again. They're right, because now, you know, we've seen limited forms of amnesties and quasi-amnesties like DACA, which is not an amnesty, but offered deferred deportation status and work authorization. And that stemmed more illegal immigration. And so while the, you know, we might see the official number go from 15 million down to a couple million or even zero, I think you're going to see that figure just suddenly, it's just going to start going right back up again, because all we're doing is putting up a big incentive for everyone to come to the United States. If you can get here, you're eventually going to get some sort of status. This administration is not going to try to prioritize American citizens and lawful migrants over illegal aliens by enforcing our immigration laws. It's just going to be a, uh, it's going to turn into a wild west of trying to get, you know, enter the United States. And that's not good, obviously, for American citizens and lawful migrants and their uh, social and economic prospects here in the United States. It's also not good for countries like Mexico, which have to deal with these massive migrant caravans and less than savory characters who are trying to take advantage of 
you know, those caravans and also to transport illegal aliens and illicit cargo from, you know, other countries in Central America or even flying from other countries in Europe or other continents to uh, a country like Mexico or even Canada and then trying to illegally migrate into the United States. So we're, I think I think it's clear. You, you really don't even have to dig too deep into the evidence to see that this is going to have a significant negative impact on the United States. And FAIR has released a report, uh, the three of us released a report recently called By the Numbers, that looks at you know the tangible and specific impacts that these proposed changes, uh, these proposed amnesties and reductions in immigration enforcement would have on the United States. All right. Well, I think that's a great spot to close. We hope that you've enjoyed today's episode and perhaps learned something new about the composition of the illegal alien population in the United States. As always, we'll be releasing a new episode every other Monday. Our episodes are available on most streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can also visit our website, www.fairus.org, and our Twitter handle, at Fair Immigration, to access podcast episodes. So please subscribe and spread the word to your friends and family. We hope each and every one of you had a great holiday season, and we certainly wish everyone a fantastic 2021. Until next time, this has been Understanding Immigration, presented by FAIR.